The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Live from the Rockefeller Square in Times Plate in North Carolina. Failure to stop breakdown with your host. Drew Breezy, the easy, the breezy, the beautiful Drew Breezy. I'm just kidding, guys. But we are live together for the first time in a long time. Uh, we're in the same room together. This is the Failure Stop Podcast channel, the number one show where police meet society and culture. We are just finishing up the Failure Stop 2023 North Carolina meetup where we had people flying in from all over the place. Uh, San Diego, Minnesota, Colorado, Michigan, Florida. South Dakota, uh, where else? Cincinnati, Ohio, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Lots of people at the meetup, and we couldn't have been more happy. It was so fun. We had the Q&A on the stage in front of everybody. It was really great. So thank you, everybody, who came out to the Failure Stop meetup and flew in, man. It just, you know what I mean? When you have fans that fly that far to come and see you, it means something. It me. really, really does. And, and like I said this last night on Comp Center. I'm sure most of the people have already seen it, but I said this last night on Comp Center. I mean, it just it means uh, the Wolfpack is a community, and the community is the Wolfpack. And uh, I, I say that only half jokingly because let me tell you, Tyler was here, uh, Mark, uh, Will Cray was here. Uh, to all the people that were here, look, uh, uh, David is here. We got right in front of me. We have. Uh, dead leg yeah and uh his live leg and uh listen we had just a big party it was a great time and it, and it's just like this uh synergistic feeling of uh these people are so down to earth and we're just so uh you know appreciative of them being here and then vice versa i, I think that they got the vibe that we are just normal human beings and we want to uh, kind of hang out with them. Yeah, we got to enjoy a really nice baseball game last night. Couldn't oh, have man. had better Perfect weather. Order. It was yeah. great. So tonight's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. That's ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good. It's scary right now. They're offering 50% off of ghostbed bundles. That's what we preach at every show. Uh, mental wellness starts with a good night's rest. If you're a first responder and you're not investing in your sleep, if you're not investing in your bed, listen, I don't want to hear it, dude. I don't want to hear your message. If you're going to message me about how you're losing sleep, you're doing all these things, because I'm, I'm always going to say, it's like, what are you sleeping on? Yeah, right? save it. Just save, save it. it. And when you're sleeping on a ghost bed and then you have those issues, reach out. And I'll counsel you because I'm a uh, licensed counselor. Bed, yeah, sleep counselor. I'm about as qualified to be a counselor as gender fluid Sam Britton is qualified to deal with nuclear energy. Right. Uh, to be honest with you. And we'll talk about that guy later. But um, honestly, dude, it starts with a good night's sleep, man. Uh, sleep so good. Falconator in the chats is just sent us a $4.99 super chat, five bucks. Uh, thank you so much for that. If you want to support the show, you can hit like and subscribe on that YouTube button. Um, or you can be a paid member on YouTube. Or you can join the new Patreon that we have started, which has lots of extra audio content, not video content. We do a lot of extra stuff for our YouTube listeners. Now we're doing a little bit more for our audio listeners, but also Patreon has given us an opportunity to branch out outside of the show with other interviews, follow-ups. Matter of fact, we've already had a follow-up scheduled for this particular show, the Mistretta case. We'll actually have the Mistrettas on 
Um, but that'll be on Patreon because we don't want to get canceled. And, and it's also, we want it to be for our paid members who really like and support uh, law enforcement. And uh, we don't want to put anything out there that could hurt his case. So if you want to join the Patreon account, it is now live. You can also go to our new podcast, which is up fedgestoppodcast.com. Website. Um, sorry, our new website. And then if you also want to like the most important way to, you know, other than money to, to support the show or just equally as important as money is a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. I don't want to waste your time with any more of that though. I want to jump into the main topic of today, which is the Mastretta case. Am I saying Mastretta case correctly? You're saying, uh, well, you're mispronouncing case slightly, but Mastretta is correct. Yes. Jeez, boy. My Mastretta, that's 185. <laughs> I lost my life and now, now I, I don't drive. drive. That's actually what the uh, suspect in this yeah. thing is. Uh, yeah, singing. he lost his freedom as well. Um, this is a case that we have been getting just bombasted with. Is that a word? Bombasted? Yes, lambasted, lambasted, lambasted. lambasted. Uh, we've been getting lots of, of, of stuff for this case, but we wanted to wait on it, um, you know, because there's more to come out. I, you know, honestly, because it's so sad that we get so many cases across our desk, so many cases across our desk. You've got to help my husband. You've got to help my son. You've got to help my daughter. Um, that we just can't go through all of them. And sometimes we do go through them and we're like, geez, well, that doesn't really look good. Um, but this case, when you see it, it's almost unbelievable because every single good officer has done exactly what this cop has done. Not once, not twice, not three times, but probably dozens, if not tens of dozens of times, which would be hundreds of times. Sure. Um, I know I've done it. I know I've done it. Uh, I, I think escorting somebody to the ground aggressively. Now, I write about it in my book, Drew. I call it friendly and violent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to be friendly and you have to be violent. But it's but you can be friendly and violent at the same time, meaning that if you are going to do a search warrant or you're going to come in contact with a drug dealer, um, sometimes, right, not all the time, but sometimes drug dealers tend to carry weapons to protect their drugs. Yes. Uh, you know what? I was thinking on the way into that, uh, like, okay, so there's no room on the use of force continuum for the, the level of charge that you're about to arrest somebody for. So if you've got, if you've got a murder suspect in hand um, and you don't know that they're armed and dangerous, um, th there's got to be somewhere in the universe some kind of uh, thought pattern that this, this person that I have in custody has nothing to lose. They're going to prison for the rest of their lives if they're convicted or they're going to die if they're convicted by uh, some, you know, lethal injection or whatever. So it's not a, it's not a matter of like, let's just treat them with kid gloves and give them a good hug and a pat on the rump and then we'll ask them if we can put handcuffs on them. No, uh, some of that goes out the window and it's uh, maybe a dust off and apology later, but you've got to act pretty quickly because you don't want to be the next victim. And, and people don't understand that about law enforcement officers or uh, traumatic responses or whatever. I mean, uh, I, I think the general public takes that for granted. We, we put bad people away and we put bad people in prison for a long time. But it all starts with an initial arrest from a guy like Eric Tanzi out on the street who does a simple traffic stop. And next thing you know, he's got a murderer in handcuffs. Yeah, lowering somebody to the ground is a lot different than slamming somebody to the ground as well. Um, words do matter. Uh, they don't matter in 2023, though. We can say whatever we want. The news can say, um, it, it, what's funny about this particular case, nothing's funny about it, but 
What's interesting about it that makes me smile is uh, doesn't make me smile, but it makes me cynically laugh inside. How about that? Is that when the news reports on this, they show the video of what's going on and you can see that the man is not being slammed under the ground, but the news is playing the video while simultaneously saying, and he is being accused of where he slams the gentleman under the ground. You know, um, and they continue. Every news outlet says the word slams. Graphic slams, content. There's about slams. to be some graphic. We're going to show you some graphic content. So please make sure you shield your eyes. They play the content, which we're going to play for you right here. And I'm going to prove it to you. Um, I actually picked the best one that's more sided with the officer than all of them, which is Fox News. But they are the only ones. And they're not even really, they don't even really do a great job of it. But the, you know, one of the news broadcasters, I think it was like for CNN um, or or. Uh, was it New Times Post or Times Post or whatever it was? I can't remember. But uh, yes, at the end of the video, they show the video, which which we're going to show you the video here. It's very anticlimactic. It's, it's it's almost boring, right? It's almost so routine and so textbook that it's really shouldn't be worth playing to you. At the end of this video, that does does not does does not spark any in, uh, emotions or There's anything. There's no arousal involved. Nothing. The newscaster says, oh, boy, that was hard to look at. What what was hard to look at? What was hard to look at? Because I literally see some, I, I see shit like that every single day. Like, I've laid hands on my kids harder than this this guy did this. You know, it's, it's crazy uh, the words in, that they choose to use in the media for this case. You know what else is hard to look at is the face of the victim in this case, uh, who you can't find it because, and, and you'll never find, well, they've been right because he's lost his face. Uh, but the face of the victim in this case, who was so unrecognizable that they initially thought that he had been shot to death, that he had been shot in the face by the suspect that, uh, officer Mistretta had pulled over. Right. Yeah. So let's, um, let's, that's unrecognizable. That's unrecognizable. Yes. Um, because there are no real victims. True. The victims in all of these cases, do not fucking matter. Uh, the Michael Brown case, the victim didn't matter. Um, the real victim didn't matter. Uh, Breonna Taylor, all the victims right. that were uh, killed by her boyfriend uh, in drive-by shootings or all the drugs, that fentanyl, fentanyl overdoses. overdoses, none of that matter. None of, none of the real victims matter. Matter of fact, uh, in the non-binary gender fluid Sam Brighton case, uh, you know, the, nobody cares about the victim and what luggage they lost or thousands of dollars of victims that they lost. Uh, none of that matters. But we're going to play. I'm going to play for you real quick the news article um, on this case. And then we're going to go ahead and break down the entire, entire case. So just here. 17 News at 10 starts right now. Continuing coverage tonight of a West Michigan police officer accused of excessive force. Matthew Mistretta used to work for the Hartford Police Department. He is now charged with assault and battery and misconduct in office for an arrest made back in August 2020. He spoke exclusively with Fox 17's Julie Dunmire today, saying he wants to share his side of the story, Julie. Aaron, Matthew Mistretta moved out of state more than a thousand miles away, saying he can't find a job in Michigan anymore because of these charges. Mistretta underscoring that he didn't kill anyone. Instead, he believes the person he arrested is the killer here. This video that landed former Hartford police officer Matthew Mistretta here in South Haven Court, facing years in prison for the way he arrested 21-year-old Lauro Espino. The reason that I'm telling my story is because I have nothing else to lose. 
Total cumulative charges are seven years. The AG's office says Mastretta slammed Espino to the ground during his arrest, also saying Espino was already in handcuffs. The state compares this action to the way George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mastretta says that's where he draws the line, claiming he wasn't anywhere near this man's neck. So um, for those of you who are at home or just listening, um, and 99.9% of our, our fellowship uh, is listening, but we do have uh, lots of people in the chats on YouTube, so we really appreciate that. Imperial Girl, Nijkin, Thick, Homodog, Tanner, uh, Sarah, um, Joseph Russo, Red, thank you guys for all being here. Um, but uh, in this in this case, painting the picture for the audio listeners what happens here is that he puts this gentleman in handcuffs and, and so let, let's just paint let's paint the entire totality of the story what what start what what happens first let's start with the traffic stop okay is that my cue sure the traffic stop is uh matthew mistretta like if you want to go back back let, let's talk let's about backpack let, let's talk about matthew mistretta for by the way he is a handsome man yeah, he's a handsome uh, devil. Let me let me show a picture real uh, quick of this guy. I don't want to paint the wrong picture. He could be a handsome angel. So look at him. He's uh he's a um, you know, a square jawed marine. I know we have plenty of marines listening. And uh, you know what? This this whole thing, this whole uh, trial of his, is testament to probably his marine training because it, they are fight to the death for what's right and fight to the death for freedom and for the United States of America. And, and he understands uh, that he took an oath to support and defend the Constitution. So that's just my opinion. Matthew Mistretta uh, grew up in like Sparks, Nevada area. Uh, and uh, according to his uh, girlfriend, who uh, we have spoken to and hopefully are getting ready to do some stuff on Patreon with, um, he spent some time, he had a pretty rough life growing up. Uh, he, he didn't have it as easy as everybody else did. He didn't enjoy the the blank privilege that everybody else has. He, uh, he was homeless for a while. He, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think I remember something about abuse, but you know, maybe not. And I don't want to downplay it, but I also don't want to talk about it if it didn't happen. He, uh, so spent some homeless nights as a youth and at age 18 enlisted in the United States Marine Corps, which, you know, was not too, um, you know, the recency of, of uh, military action uh, and him volunteering to fight for his country, I think, says something. He got out of the Marine Corps and at one point was a firefighter. He did some time working as a firefighter while he was waiting to be a police officer. He was a part-time police officer in this place uh, known as Hartford, uh, not in Connecticut this time, but Hartford, um, Michigan. And uh, so there was a traffic stop he conducted on uh, an alleged drunk driver one night with another officer from another jurisdiction. As they pulled these guys over, they saw that the, the driver was pretty intoxicated. There was a passenger in there that was scared to death. And <clears throat> the driver wasn't wearing any shirt. It was just uh, like, oh, oh boy, here we go. Uh, in the midst of the traffic stop, right in the middle of the traffic stop, the other officer from the other jurisdiction gets a call on the radio that says, you know, there's been a shooting or some type of murder or some, some type of significant investigation enough to warrant him to leave as the backup officer and go up the road and um, uh, go investigate. While he's there, 
So he leaves Mistretta alone. He leaves Mistretta with alone. With two people in a vehicle. Two people in a vehicle, one we know is intoxicated, so he's got a handful as it is. At some point, there is radio contact between those two, the officer that was just at the scene that's now at the murder scene and Mistretta. Let's and, talk about the radio traffic really quick. Okay. Because I find the radio traffic very interesting. Now, Mistretta will say um, in an interview that I was able to listen to is that he remembers the radio traffic being like, hey, we have a murder and you have the suspect. He shot the victim in the face. Yeah, you have my shooter up there. You have my shooter up there and he has shot this guy in the face. Those are the words from Mistretta. Now, Mistretta says, I believe it was something like that. However, they have never let me listen to the radio traffic. They're in trial now. He still has not heard the radio traffic. Yeah, the, the issue with that is, uh, so so the driver, by the way, was covered in blood, and or not covered in blood, there was blood. And, you he know, had pressure. no shirt, and he was... Yeah, the, the, had blood on him. The issue with that is he had he de- he definitely made the right traffic stop. He had a murderer in his grasp. Right. This is like when Timothy McVeigh got pulled over. Exactly. The cop pulled over somebody for a broken uh, or for a front a, license plate, a front license plate violation, and he has the Oklahoma City bomber. Yeah. You know what I mean? Couldn't be more picture perfect. Yeah. Couldn't be more heroic. So the, the the officer that's at the other scene, who still thinks, by the way, this guy is this guy's messed up so bad that his face is gone and he thinks he's been shot in the face he says you have my shooter or something to that effect they, they haven't let him listen to the 911 calls because the guy that he has in custody is now facing some type of murder charge therefore it's evidence in the the predominant case which would be some type of murder charge and it doesn't even look like it's going to be some kind of murder it looks like it could be first degree murder because it looks like they uh, he was already convicted he was okay convicted was he convicted of first degree or no he was convicted of drunk uh driving under the influence involving death but it was a fight and then he retrieved a vehicle and then went and drove this vehicle into this dude's face into a post yeah is is what happened and that's why his face is unrecognizable speaking of unrecognizable faces um red is in the chats uh i know we discussed her in length this week during my book and uh and then yesterday on com center we got to talk a lot about red as well so it looks like she's in the chats i've never seen her in the chats before but um just fucked up faces made me think to about red so i just wanted to give her a quick shout out thank you that uh so so this guy you know it comes out over the radio as a murder and that happens all the time yeah because we're not perfect and we can only go off of what the crime scene shows us on its face but if i have my friend drew and he's on a traffic stop and I leave him. I'm already not happy about leaving him on a traffic stop, but I get it. There's some shit that's going down. Drew, you're gonna have to be a big boy and handle yourself. And I get down there and I realize, holy shit, in seconds, right? Like I'm gonna see this dude with a really fucked up face. My adrenaline's going to spike suddenly and I'm gonna go, this guy's been shot in the face. And then hold on, the information that I'm gaining from however, you know, from whatever witnesses are around that, <laughs> my own boy drew is on the on the scene with these guys so the first thing i'm going to do is I, i'm not even going to sugarcoat it. i'm going to be like drew drew hey buddy those two dudes you're with fucking just shot somebody in the face now drew his adrenaline is going to spike we've talked about what adrenaline can do it can hurt you or it can it can benefit you but lots of things uh physically emotionally psychologically happen when adrenaline raises through the roof now a guy like Mistretta, who luckily has three combat rotations in Iraq, mm-hmm. right? He's probably a lot more used to adrenaline rushes than some other folks, 
And so he deals with this pretty, pretty well. He handles his own. He handles his business like a Marine, like a man. And he pulls a gentleman out of the vehicle and he handcuffs him. He gets him to the back of the car, but it's not over because you still have another man in the car and you're still alone. And just because somebody's in handcuffs does not mean for one second that they can't run. Not only can they not run, but they can't, they can run and jump off of an overpass, jump in front of a moving car. This dude's about to go to prison potentially for life for murder. There's no telling what he may or may not do. And you don't know that as an officer. And by the way, you still have some adrenaline going through your veins because how many times have our listeners, how many times have you talked with a murderer face to face by yourself? Mm. That hasn't been, that hasn't been caught yet. Uh, Could you imagine no, I, I, that feeling? Well, yes, I can imagine. I mean, I've, I've been there. I've done <laughs> so it. Right. But, you know, I mean, as a civilian, yeah. like you have no idea before you became a cop, no. You remember the first time you were face to face with a real murderer? Uh, I would it's remember different. The, I remember the first my, time you were with a stolen car. Yeah, I remember the first time I was face to face with an arrest. I, I can tell you the name yeah. of the girl that I arrested the first time back in 1995, I think it was, and she was arrested for trespass after warning. And I'm still a little bit shaking from that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's just uh, like it comes easier as as you go along. Obviously, but we got a fake person in the chat, Gina Mistretta. We know she's fake. We know she's a bot because she says he was a marine. Um, once a marine, always a marine. Yeah, look, Gina. Gina Mistretta. I'm just kidding. She's not a bot, but she did. she is uh, she is the mother of uh, the uh, defendant. And oh, is she really? Yeah. Oh, uh, I thought somebody just changed the name to Gina Mistretta. No, so we're <laughs> we're happy to have her here to uh, you know and just to understand that our thoughts are with her. I know that there's some proceedings. I know that they shut off the proceedings this morning, according to what she just said. I also have been in contact with his girlfriend, so I I think that uh, I I don't want to jinx anything there. There are some uh, there's some activity going on in the courthouse right now. That's but the other part of that is for our uh, listeners and audience to understand. This dude's currently on trial, two misdemeanors and a felony. Two misdemeanors being assault and battery, aggravated assault and battery in Michigan. I'm sure the aggravating factor is that he was a law enforcement officer on duty. Sure. And, and then um, and two counts, by the way, they they found two counts. The uh, the felony is some type of like misuse of public you know, like, um, I can't remember the, oh, well, it's right in front of me here. Uh, two counts of assault and battery, which is a 93 day mis misdemeanor and one count of misconduct in office by a public official, which carries a five year felony. Okay. So this is pretty serious stuff. And, and this is why we say this is a Marine. He's like, no, the, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a plea agreement to something I didn't do. And I liked that. I liked his stance on that where he's yes. like, I'm not taking a plea deal. Like, this is not going to happen. I didn't do anything wrong. And let me just, let me just, let me just, again, reiterate for our listeners, because 99% of the people that follow us listen, listen and don't watch on YouTube. He takes this man and he does not slam him on the ground. And I'm not saying that to be biased. You can watch the videotape. I think any reasonable person uh, would say that this is not a slam. Um, if somebody is pulling away from you in handcuffs, if somebody's pulling towards the road, if somebody's pulling back to, towards the car, again, adrenaline's up on all ends. This guy just murdered somebody, so his adrenaline's through the roof. He's not thinking clearly. You got a little bit of adrenaline coursing through the, James, uh, the veins of, of Mistretta, but he's still making pretty good uh, sound decisions. But Mistretta knows that this man just killed somebody or potentially just killed somebody, and there is no telling what he might do. It's a wild card. 
could be suicidal, could be uh, fl- uh, fight, uh, flight, could be fight. We don't know. But at some point, this man starts to move away from his stratum. I'm going to put an end to this right now. And again, I want to talk about friendly and violent because I think I think there's. I, I used to teach this to my rookies that you can be friendly and violent at the same time. And it's important to be friendly and violent. And when you're doing a search warrant, on a house and you knock on the door and it's for drugs. And if you're going to do like a, a, a search warrant, but you're not, it's a knock and the person actually opens the door at that time, it's important to be friendly because they just opened the door on the search warrant and they haven't done anything that makes it to where you should be a, a hostile towards them. But at the same time, you have to be aggressive because drug dealers often carry weapons. There's often ambushes, lots of things can go wrong and you don't want to be that guy. So I tell them, uh, let me see your hand here. You know, you know, friendly and violent can be just me grabbing him like this, right? This is still friendly. Hey, Drew, hey, what, right now I'm going to take you out in this hallway, man. I'm sorry that we messed with you. You know, we've got a warrant for your arrest, but hey, I'm going to, you know, right now I'm being friendly. My tone of voice is friendly, but my, my, my the grip is firm. You, it's very firm and it's aggressive, you know, and if you want to move, I'm going to jerk your, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up, mess you up or, or do whatever right. I have to do. And, and what I saw here from, uh, Mistretta was very friendly and violent. He was very friendly and he guided this gentleman to the ground. And when I say guided, I'm not trying to be like quoted, guided him. No, he physically, literally guided this man to the ground in handcuffs and then secured him with a knee on the back of the chest. How long have you watched UFC fighting? Uh, I'm not a big UFC fighter fan, but I understand exactly where you're going. These guys go like, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not either, but maybe like six rounds, seven rounds, nine rounds, you know, they're kneeing each other in the chest, jumping on each other's backs, headlocking each other. Nobody fucking dies. Okay. What happened with George Floyd? We know was a medical anomaly. It it doesn't happen all the time. There was extreme, extreme circumstances there. So putting somebody, putting your knee on somebody's midsection across their back, it's still not off the table. Also, it's important to note that just because you place your knee or your foot on somebody or my hand on somebody doesn't dictate the amount of pressure that is on that human being. Let me explain. If I put my hand on your shoulder, it's the viewers, you can't tell, but it's very lightly just touching his shoulder. It's compassion. If I do this, there's a lot of pressure and weight that I'm pushing down on his shoulder right now. But you as the viewer, because of my tone of voice, you can't tell that I'm putting a lot of pressure down. So you don't know if it's just very light or very heavy. We don't know that. But the fact that they, every time we're going to put our, our, you know, our appendages on somebody, the media is going to say similar to the George Floyd incident. And that's not fair. It's not fair when the media does it. It's even more unfair when a legal body does it, when an officer of the court does it, when an attorney general says it, when, because it's not just in this case where, where we're making comparisons. First of all, every single case in the United States of America, every law, law enforcement contact is different. There, there are no two contacts that are ever the same. They're like snowflakes. You stick them under a microscope. I mean, they feel the same when they fall from the sky and they touch your forehead and it's wet and, you know, you get excited and you make snow angels like TJR does in Minnesota. When you get them under a microscope, they are all chemically the same, but they're, but they're all shaped differently. And that's exactly how every single law enforcement case is in this United States. However, it seems that there's a body of uh, prosecutors that seem to want to compare everything to the George Floyd situation or to Derek Chauvin. There was something I came across uh, when I was doing a little research about uh, Tacoma PD three guys were indicted out there for a case uh and that's the exact same thing they said it it was post 
like probably a year after the fact, and they're saying the same thing. It's it's Derek Chauvin like everything is Derek Chauvin like or or George. You can't compare everything to George Floyd. Not every use of force is comparable to George Floyd. This thing that what this guy did is, and Eric just said it. Like what what's your term? Uh, uh, violent, friendly, and violent. Friendly and violent. I, I'm more of like uh, like swift, swift and decisive action. I think it looks better in the report than violent. That's my view. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, but you. So what? What he's doing essentially is he, look. There used to be a use of force continuum that we followed, uh, and it goes by department. I get that. There was a use of force continuum that my agency had. They did away with it because they do something else, but. Uh, one of the the things on the use of force continuum, one of the mitig- or one of the uh, one of the factors to up your level is officer subject factors. So you have a drunk guy, and we know that drunk guys aren't normally the most compliant people in the world. And you've got this other guy who's a wild card in the car to think about and deal with. You, you don't have time to be nice, and it's not the, necessarily the time to be nice. The, the thing that really gets my goat on this whole case is that the defendant never, ever complained once about his treatment. Yeah, that's very important. That's a very important note because I've actually seen this uh, happening. And this I've never seen this happen until after George Floyd, where we're starting to see this more and more, where the DAs, the attorney generals, these, uh, I don't want to call them ambulance chasers, but you know, the, you're the attorneys, they're seeing a case and they're saying, okay, how can we relate this to George Floyd in any way, shape or form? And let's get that payday. Um, and, and, and it's a very abuse of the justice system in my opinion. And, and I think, uh, Mistretta has been completely abused by this because had he not get this lawyer, that's, uh, literally just grasping his straws. But the fact that the, that the attorney general, uh, and the DA are even entertaining this. Right. It's is is frightening. And I don't know I don't know what precedent this out this this uh, sets going forward. I'll tell you what, it's not good for law enforcement. No, let's let's talk not good for recruit. Let's talk quickly about the how they how they came about this case. I mean, this wasn't a complaint from the defendant. In fact, Mistrada defended the defendant. When the victim's father showed up to the traffic stop and wanted a piece of that defendant, Mistretta had to protect him. This is not the behavior of somebody that wants to George Floyd somebody, if that's what you want to call it. Oh, wait a minute. So he escorts a man to the ground, doesn't punch him, doesn't kick him, doesn't slam him, doesn't drive his knee onto his back for nine minutes. He doesn't do any of that. Matter of fact, he picks him up off the ground, dusts him off. And then when the father of the deceased wants to fucking take revenge on him, the Marine defends him? Yes. Jeez, boy, I hope this guy uh, I hope this guy gets buried under the jail. Real threat to society. So anyway, the, the whole so you would think, you know, like that that's a pretty uh, grainy body cam video. If you saw the video on if you're a YouTube watcher, uh, or, I mean, you can look it up for yourself if you're listening to this. But uh, that's a pretty grainy video. You might think uh, what's wrong with their body. Cam- oh, there are no body cams at that agency. You know why? Because there's an officer by the name of Mistretta who is in the process or had already. Sorry. Sorry. I was trying to mute it. That's all right. Sorry about that. We'll, we'll move it. I thought I could, I thought I could play that muted, but I guess I cannot. <laughs> uh, I got it. I figured it out. Um, so this guy, Mistretta, 
actually wrote the grant for body cameras for his agencies, probably to protect himself from situations just like this. The grainy, the grainy stuff that you're seeing on your screen now, if you're watching, is from a bystander. That's how this public integrity unit or whatever they call it from the attorney general's office got the complaint. It wasn't from the person that was allegedly slammed to the ground. I mean, it's not allegedly. He was slammed to the ground. Uh, although my term is alleged, like he was escorted to the ground for his safety. I think that's what they write in reports. It's not necessarily always true, but listen, uh, how about this? I I made, I made mention of our use of force continuum at at the agency I worked at. I made reference to the fact that there was office officer subject factors. I made uh, reference to the fact that Mistretta was in the process of trying to get body cams for his own agency. So you got to wonder what what did their use of force investigation tell tell the world, uh, Eric? I mean, what do you think their use of force SOP said about his force? It probably met the criteria. Well, you would think that, but they didn't have a use of force SOP. Wait, what? So they Wait, hold had on, no hold on, hold use hold of force SOP. Hold on, you're joking. <laughs> What do you mean there's I'm no use you, of force SOP? There was no continuum? Just just everything that I have heard or read about this case, there was no use of force procedure to That's, say that he violated. You just couldn't find it. So, no. I wish I could say that. What? There was no use of force procedure that he violated. He was cleared, which is, again, the mystery of this whole thing. This We're talking about a year and a half, I think, or something to that effect. It was an August to May situation. A year and a half later is when he was convicted. I mean, I'm sorry, not convicted. God, I hope I'm not jinxing anything. Is when he was charged by the attorney general's office. A year and a half later. So they're letting this guy be a cop the whole time. There's no issue. Everything's fine. In fact, he got a pat on the back from his administration, and rightly so. He caught a murder. But he wasn't in violation of any SOPs because there was no SOP that governed that. So, right. you know, I'm getting the impression that this was a township police department, that there's not, you know, a robust uh, uh, IA, you know, there's not uh, volumes of SOPs. Maybe they just go by what, you know, the state police use or whatever. I'm just speculating. But there, there was no specific SOP within that agency th- to say that he violated it. Even if they did, he would have been cleared or else he would not have been on the street for another year or so. No, we played the video several times, and for you guys that are listening out there, I I, I encourage you to go look at it. And I, you can take my word for it if you'd like to. I, I would. I don't have any real reason to to lie for you. I don't know Mistretta. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't like a lot of things that's come out of Michigan. Um, basically, my old partner Red, she was from Michigan. My old partner Mike, the cop from Michigan. You know, I'm just not a big fan of Michiganders. Uh, never really met one that I really like and trust. So I have no reason to, to defend Mistretta. By the way, all you Michiganders, I'm fucking kidding. Obviously it's a joke. Relax. Uh, it's a joke. Uh, I would never go there, but I still like people from Michigan. Um, and Mike is still my best, like one of my besties and red is still one of my besties. So relax. Uh, I just like to stir the pot a little bit, but uh, I've got no reason to defend this guy. Mistretta, I don't know him. I wasn't a Marine. I was in the Army. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not oh, the biggest fan of crayon eaters either. But what I'm telling you is I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to this dude. Don't know him. Don't care. Pretty, but pretty when I see the when video co- yeah. and, and I've seen it in its totality, I'm telling you, there's nothing that this guy did that not every single cop that's ever made an arrest has done at least once in their career. And if they've never done that in their career, 
they're not a real cop. They're they're probably secure. I, I would have to I would have to say that ninety nine percent of police officers across the country have done exactly that. Yeah. Multiple times in their career. Well, and and when you do that, Eric, I mean, even if you do that, and there's for the a, same reasons, you know what I'm saying? Like for the sheer course of this guy needs to go to the ground, he needs to go to the ground right this second, right? And so I'm going to get him there. But even if the guy's not necessarily fighting you, but like when I put my hand on 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 Drew's bicep, I can very lightly put it. But if he moves his arm towards that wall over there, that's an act of resistance, and I can feel that. And so I can react appropriately. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to beat this fucking brakes off of him because he moved his hand towards the door. I'm not going to go full Memphis PD on him, but I might say, nope, I'm going to finish this right now because I'm not going to get in a wrestling match with this guy in any way, shape or form when I still have another suspect in the car. There's nothing unreasonable about what this officer has done, period. And I, I encourage you to go look at the tape. But there's nothing that this cop did that not every cop. And that's why this case is shocking that's why this case is serious because this could be you and i know a lot of cops don't want to listen to the breakdowns um all the time or they might just say like well you know it's the same shit we see this shit every day we see this shit every day but yeah i know you guys see it every day i lived it with you homie but like it's it's different now and and you guys got these cocky attitudes and you guys tell me these stories about you guys beating the brakes off of folks who who rightly so deserve to have the brakes beaten off of them but just know that this dude is going to trial right now and hasn't had a job for a year and a half and had to move a thousand miles away from home for doing nothing right. wrong absolutely nothing wrong. so that's kind of what his girlfriend has been saying all along which is which is which is a brilliant statement because i see it in the chats here and there's no there, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying uh when you say something like oh man he's gonna beat this there's no way that they'll convict uh and and everybody gets that and that's that's a that's a correct point but her point is something's already happened he's already been he's already been smeared he can't get a job in michigan he can't he, he's got to go defend his innocence. It's not innocent till proven guilty in this case. It doesn't seem any way. It's you've got to defend your innocence here. You're, you're going to have to go out of your way because we have the power of the attorney general to put you in front of a judge to answer to your charges. Now, when you think about every cop in America, like you say, Eric, has done this in some in some way, shape or form. It's not done without checks and balances. It's not done without um uh taking responsibility because there is a use of force investigation that goes into just about every use of use of force that's reported i realize that there are use of force cases that are not reported and you know that's probably wrong if you're going to have a use of force it needs to be investigated fully now what normally happens in a case like this is if the investigator or the supervisor or somebody put in a position of trust on behalf of the administration reviews the bystander video conducts a proper interview with Mistretta, takes into totality the 911 call, takes into totality the the dispatcher uh, information from the other agency, the radio transmissions, the testimony of the other officer, the testimony of the guy behind the wheel, the testimony of the guy be sitting in the passenger seat. More than likely, this case is going to be justified a justified use of force for sure it's got to be justified and and the fact that they, i mean geez, attorneys can be such scumbags man the fact that they would even carry on even try something like this is kind of just just kind of gross like i feel like you've really sold your soul at that point right when you you this attorney knows that that cop didn't do anything wrong he's just trying to ruin lives he's not even trying to save she 
she's not even trying. She's she's trying to to make a little bit more money, trying to make a name for herself. Well, I, I she's not even trying to get the murder because nothing, none of the nothing in this case has to do with what happens to her client. Okay, well, except payment. Payment. It's not going to make her her. Are you talking about the civil attorney, or are you talking about the attorney general? I'm talking about the attorney general. Yeah. So, so uh, but. but even deeper than that, that's you're a thousand percent correct. I mean, she's she's trying to establish public integrity, which is something it's something I've always had a, a problem with. It's something that Eric's kind of a victim of, and something that I've experienced in my career. You can't use unethical means to prove how ethical you are, and that's exactly what's happening here. They're they're using these unethical means. Now, think about this. This guy, it's a very murder, it's a very uh, intense or, or, or uh, important trial. So they can't, in Mistretta's case, allow the 911 calls to get in. They can't let the jury know that he stopped a murderer. Well, and I, okay, can we talk about that? Because why? Well, Is there a reason why? Yes. It's the, it's okay, okay but in Tell in, me why. Because I can't, and, and before, before, I, before you answer, just let me let the viewers know why I'm concerned about this. Because, like, I feel like, it really does paint the picture of why somebody would do something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if my son uh, took a pair of scissors, you know, let's just say one of my kids come over and they're like, dad, uh, August took a pair of scissors from me. If I just go right to beating that ass on Augie and throwing him in his room. But if I go, hey, Augie, why did you take those scissors from my brother? Well, dad, he was going over there to cut that electrical socket in half because he wanted to see what would happen. And I told him that that was really bad. And he was like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, no, you're not. And I took the scissors from him. Okay, well, like that was important information to know. And now you're not guilty of the crime I thought you were. Right. This, this This is the case. So ironically, it's the protection of the defendant in the murder case that they can't allow this other in other words they can't use evidence from this other trial but why couldn't you then why couldn't you just wait until the murder trial is over well this is the point how about i i got one better for you Eric. okay I give mean, me one better why why you have prosecutorial mis, uh, prosecutorial discretion sure why would you even bring the charge forward if you know that it's problematic if you're going to put it in front of a jury this is the same thing What's the most recent case that we're dealing with? To oh, Darby in the ben same Darby. same thing in Ben Darby's case, they they never talked about the training. They never talked about uh, you, you know like all it was this, given to him by the FBI. Yeah. Oh, oh well, that you know what that's the other thing in this case too. By the way, uh, usually when uh, there is a use of force, some type of use of force case uh, within a local jurisdiction, it's referred to the FBI for a just a quick once over for a civil rights violation. The FBI looks at it. The FBI didn't want anything to do with this. They, they weren't. They weren't touching it with a ten-foot pole. This just got put back into the attorney general's uh, uh, a pot of potentials to kind of make a statement or make a point that we're restoring integrity to the to those who swore to uphold the Constitution. But she swore to uphold the Constitution. Where's her integrity? Because this is not this is this is injustice, and if if they want justice for this defendant, this is what I say all the time: you're you don't understand the difference between justice and revenge. This is an injustice for this guy. That it's the bigger picture of he'll never get a job again. It's destroyed his family. It's just look, man. The guy has been serving his country since the minute he was eligible to do so, and and you're going to just throw all of that away 
over over a eh, close call. This is this is like calling somebody out at home plate, having the benefit of a replay, seeing clearly that the the, the player was safe, but calling him out anyway just just so you'll uh, look good in front of the home team. Right. I well, I, we're so obsessed with clout with uh, climbing the political ladder. I've said it a thousand times, political police officers are poisoning the profession. Um, Politics are poisoning the police profession, whatever you, however you want to word it. Uh, Because because it's not about justice anymore. It's not about doing the right thing. It's about uh, clout. It's about uh, look at me. Um, I'm the, I'm, it's me. Hi. I'm Um, the problem. It's it's me. me. So, you know, very, very, very tragic uh, case and I, and I hope it has a celebratory ending that we can all celebrate and uh, our thoughts and prayers do go out the Mistretta family but you know fuck it's too late you know what I mean like it is th- th- that's a life ruined um that's a career ruined I mean that, that that's a you know I I know kind of how he feels ish you know it's like man I served my country selflessly for three tours in Iraq as a marine I was a sergeant as a marine I went to become a firefighter a warrior, somebody who's only obsessed with killing doesn't become a firefighter, right? You know what I mean? Um, that's just somebody who wants to continue to serve. It says, you know, yeah. I have a knack for being in the right place at the right time, making good decisions under a lot of pressure, and I want to keep that going. That's what I'm good at. I'm not good at IT. I'm not good at being a barista, bartender. I'm, you know, I'm good at at being being in a position to help others and uh, with, you know, my physical attributes, my mental attributes, et cetera. So this is a man who's wanted to serve and now he's fucked. You know, now, now the, now the fucking world has fucking rammed that political penis right in his beehole. That sucks, man. That sucks for him, dude. And, and he's not going to forget that. Oh, you know how to paint a picture. Uh, I, I, I do think to, uh, in the discussion I was having over the most delicious crab cakes yesterday with TJR, Mm-hmm. with Tyler who's he took up a lot of space on that table by the way he did I, I I love him to death he's uh making copies as we speak uh but he says um you know he's like what's it going to take I mean are, are we going to be able to or is, is the are the tides going to turn to where we stop this malicious prosecution uh before we're all unsafe and I say no 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 we're not because he, here's the deal um we we're unsafe because everybody's fleeing the profession everybody's fleeing the profession it's not just guys like me like who had enough time to retire it's guys with 25 years who have enough time to retire it's guys with 15 years who are not going to put up with this bullshit and you know what law enforcement is a very uh uh emulating profession in the sense that you the, the younger people latch on to a mentor maybe their fto or a supervisor and they emulate what they do and they get you know, and, and that's how they carry themselves forward. And when they see us, the people that take no bullshit, that do everything correctly, that do everything by the book, that take our lumps when we make a mistake, when we see that when they see us saying, hey, the agency isn't going to protect you. I'm out of here. They're going to go, too. And so now you've you're left literally scraping the bottom of the barrel at the one t- at one point. Um, when I, where I worked, there was some ridiculous amount of applications per year that they processed, like maybe five or ten thousand, uh, and and maybe two hundred if that made it into our uh, sheriff's orientation program, uh, sheriff's orientation training program. It was the best of the best. We had a very high success rate, 
low washout rate, and it was because of the selection process. Where do you think now that they're understaffed when you got the big, um, the big exodus, and now <clears throat> guys who can say, uh, you know what, for an extra 25 cents an hour, I can go work uh, at Konica cleaning copiers and 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 people are and, happy and to people see love me. you. <laughs> and people and love everybody you. wants that dude that can fix a fucking copier, dude. People that are that happy guy's to got see friends. Me. But I bet you so I bet you TJR, if he plays his cards right, dude, he'd he'd never have to buy another beer again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh because the copier is the printer and the fax machine nowadays. Right. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. <laughs> this is a just again, this is a case that's important. It's important to follow. It's a, a important case to keep up because it really does include every single officer and i truly believe that because i think every officer has done exactly what this guy has done and if you're not empathetic to one of your own brothers just getting absolutely bf'd um from the attorney general office of michigan uh you know you need to be concerned man like th this is one of your boys man he could be going to fucking jail dude prison yeah. for doing what you know is nothing it's not right and, and it's crazy because a lot of us law enforcement officers, maybe maybe I'm a little bit older and my generation's dying off, but man, we all wanted to be heroes. You know, we all wanted to be Superman. We wanted to be Batman. We wanted to be that Joan of Arc that stood in the face of tyranny and, you know, had that Braveheart moment, you know, and that's Freedom. why we came and that's why we became soldiers. Um, that's why we became uh, police officers or EMTs. We, we wanted to do that. Like, here I am, send me type deal, you know. And, uh, we, we, and here we are, man. And, and here we are with that attitude and there's like a legit war against our kind, um, and the government. I mean, you know, the, the newest whistle leak that we're going to talk about, uh, on last call, um, you know, this Epstein list stuff, the, the school shooting, um, where they've deemed the transgender to be the hero, uh, just, you know, it just, the, the list of kind of atrocities that, that we kind of signed up to fight against. We're now having to look that in the face day after day after day after day. Um, no other whistleblower, by the way, gets arrested in 30 in, in fucking less than 30 hours. You know, the, the whistleblower for the Mar Largo raid, the, the whistleblower who told Trump that he was going to go to, to, to be in jail, the whistleblower that, that, that didn't come forward for the, uh, Biden, Joe, the Biden diary or the laptop. No, none of those people were caught by the way. Oh, in the pipe bombs that we that were put at the White House, obviously, still still don't know who did that. But you know, a guy that says like, "Hey, man, we've got troops that are literally fighting on the ground in Ukraine right now, and, and nobody knows about that, and that's cool." Here are the documents to show that. Um, you know, we're going to go after him in less than thirty seconds, and and you know, it's just it's just a tough time right now, guys. It, it's, it's the so weaponization tough. of the of the of the criminal justice system in 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 like. A, a lot of ways shapes and forms and just you, you know we have good authority in this chat that's saying things like stuff that'll never make it into to the trial the character stuff of, of officer mistretta like check his court record check how his charges always stuck because he was honorable and he did the right thing and he charged appropriately and he put put the right people in jail and he probably never he, he rarely had to testify and if he did he testified honestly and, and got a conviction out of it that's because he cares about the country he cares about the freedoms of the people therein and that's that's kind of all we need to know is this really a civil rights violation when he's doing his job to effectuate an arrest and even in the worst case scenario 
used a little bit, and I'm not saying he did this, but in the worst case scenario, used a little bit extra force. That is just using a little bit extra force. That's no, that that was never a crime. It's not a crime. Like I don't want to say it was never a crime. That's not I mean, I, yeah, it's like I don't even know if like again, like lowering somebody to the ground is just kind of like par for course like you can't have that guy standing up wobbling drunk he could fall because of his handcuffs and then he's got a broken fucking face or he could die or he could pull away run into traffic and he could fucking die you can't really have that drunk stumbling dude standing there while you're by yourself and you have another potential murder suspect and a potential gun or weapon still in a vehicle with another guy i don't see where in any way shape or form tactically that you haven't that that that, you could do it any better and and a lot of times we do these breakdowns and we'll say here's another way that could have done like we're not going to play the the monday morning quarterback however we're going to play the monday morning quarterback where we'll say we've gone through all of this we've gone through the tally now here's a different way to do it i don't know that i can see a different way of how to handle this other than pull my gun out and hold them at gunpoint and say nobody fucking move until like eight more cops show up like i don't know of any other way of doing this which and of course if him lowering this guy to the ground is getting him hemmed up imagine what would happen if he pulled his gun out and raised his tone of voice so this is a, a really one of those uh cases that uh I, I i don't have an answer for you and that's sad because that it's really bad for cops out there all across the united states who are doing this every single shift right and this happens every shift true do you do you know what in some department right now somebody is being escorted to the ground in handcuffs as we speak and and being de- detained or uh apprehended whatever right now as we speak it's um it, it's a sad case in the sense that for anybody that you arrest as a good cop and and th- this is what they want they want to weed out the bad apples and blah 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 but what wh- what is the main thing that you need to arrest somebody it's not just the probable cause but to to go into the probable cause it's intent so was his intent to commit these two crimes was his intent did he think well this is a great opportunity to knock somebody on the hood and then throw him to the ground and then i can use misuse my authority as a, a law enforcement officer in the state of michigan or was he just doing his fucking job and and it, it's it's all about intent and this is what it, I mean, it's it's mortifying to think that an officer is going to risk their lives 24-7 every time they strap on the uniform or put their gun belt on or if they're detective going out to interview a homicide suspect or a theft suspect, whatever. But they're putting themselves in danger, in between danger and the public. And all of a sudden, just for doing that, you're criminally liable. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it, it's, it's bizarre. Mistrata arrested a murder suspect yes for all intents and purposes murdered somebody like we know he did it well he was like, he's convicted not, of it. yeah he's convicted of it like i mean the the evidence is there um you know we should be applauding this guy and again we're not and, and i hope that when this is all over that mistrata knows that there are people like drew like myself like everybody in the wolf pack um that we have your back homie and we know that you did a good fucking job dude and we know that you played those cards you played your hand very well you played your hand very well. You had a little bit of a bluff there that you had to, to that you had to do it though. Your chips were low. You were by yourself. Chips are down. You know, you had to bluff. You had to f- peacock those feathers. You you did everything right. And I don't I don't know of any other way you could have done it. And I hope that, you know, you're not so soiled. Um, you're not so uh, upset and angry and bitter at the country because it really dude, it, it, it's 
the middle, the, the silent majority, right? The, the middle majority, as I would say, the middle class people, what we see, we know this is ridiculous, man. And right now, you know, uh, God chose you because maybe, maybe because you're the stronger of the bunch and you can mentally handle this. Just remember that, that you've been chosen to, to write that. But I fully believe that. I really believe that, you, you know, that God puts people in positions uh, based on what, what he feels that they need to do. And, and you're the right man for the job. And maybe Ben Darby was the same way, but, uh, you know, um, you always have a home right here with the Wolfpack homie and listen, um, you know, w- when this is all over, we got to get you on a ghost bed. A ghost bed is the number one bed company that supports law enforcement and firefighters. They've been with us for three years now. Uh, they support veterans, first responders right now. They're offering 50% off at ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Um, these beds are incredible. They have the adjustable bases. They have the massage modes, the zero gravity, uh, that bed will basically turn into a couch. You can turn your bed into a couch. It's absolutely insane. They're so comfortable when my wife gets up in the morning, I don't even know she's up. Um, the ghost bed pillow is, is an addition that you, you cannot miss. You can't miss the, the addition of the ghost bed pillow. Um, I just recently got the ghost bed pillow and I'm like, dude, what the frick? Like I've got the great bed you got to have the great pillow to go with the great bed. So if you go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, that percent is actually 50% off. And then you can bundle things together for 40% off 0% down 0% financing. Um, and that's if you have uh, Marine Corps credit, <laughs> since there's a lot of jarheads in the chat today, even you guys could probably figure it out after, uh, after all those Dodge chargers and challengers that you purchased right out of basic training. Um, <laughs> You still haven't paid off yet, even though you've been in for 17 years. <laughs> yeah, Brian Travis, that's for you, homie. Super five. It's got a super, man. <laughs> He's trying to figure out how he can refund that super chat. Brian's like, God, this motherfucker. Um, guys, uh, you know, if you want to, if you also want more of this kind of content, but you want uh, a little bit more gory detail, um, you know, you can follow us on the Patreon account. Obviously, I think we're going to have Miss Mistrata, girlfriend of the Mistrata, on, if not him himself on. We've also we've we've had in the past uh, Ben Darby's wife on, um, and and hopefully we'll get Ben Darby on now that we've had him. But that'll all take place on Patreon because we want to keep the the regular five shows a week: the comedy show, comedy on Monday, Night Shift, True Crime on Tuesday, Wednesday, all the other news, Thursday, Comp Center, Friday, Breakdown. We want to keep all of that the same so anything else that's extra is going on to patreon and then if you are a paid youtube member there's actually going to be a way that you guys for a lot of that content are going to be able to go into the website log in and still see it on youtube you know but but we do have to kind of have a thing for our audio listeners because our audio listeners are adamant about we will never go to youtube we'll never hit that like and hammer that like button or subscribe button because fucking we're podcasters and this is a podcast and it has nothing to do with youtube so the uh the audio listeners, which is again, 99.99% of our fellowship, they want to have something that they can be a part of. And that's why we have the Patreon, which is all audio. Crockett Cassidy, I want to take a, just a brief minute, the last few seconds of the show to, to oh, also uh, we have a promo code for Outbound Beef Jerky. He sent a bunch of beef jerky. This is a law enforcement officer that I served with who's now making his own beef jerky. Actually, his Instagram is incredible. I did not know how beef jerky was made. I did not know how he makes it. He cuts all the meat himself, does everything. It's not processed. Um, and he explains what processed means and how his is different. So you can go to Outbound Jerky on Facebook and or, uh, Instagram and follow that and get those kind of stories. But uh, a, a former law enforcement officer making great beef jerky, 5% off if you use the promo code Wolfpack. And uh, if you spend over $50, which gets you over 
seven large packs of beef jerky, which is way cheaper than what you can buy in any grocery store. Uh, you get the free shipping. So that's really cool too. But, um, the live chats here, we got some new paid members in the, the YouTubes. Crockett Cassidy says, Miss, uh, Mistretta, your son, oh, let me just put it right here. Uh, your, your son has a ton of support through all of this. And we thank him for serving this great country and continuing to do so. John from Com Center says, I know, but everyone uses that language. Okay, I don't know what that that is. Falconator, um, thanks for being in the chats. Davey, Deadleg Media, Gina Mistrada, I thought some prayers go out there. Sorry, I thought you were a, uh, I thought you were a fake. I thought you were, uh, we've had some Antifa. We've had some Antifa folks get in here before and fuck shit up. So I thought that was it at the beginning. I thought you, I thought through good detective work, I caught you. <laughs> I was like, oh, he was a Marine. Oh, this is not real. This is not real. Because uh, I've said that. I said, oh, you used to be a Marine? And then they're like, what's a Marine? Oh, oh, a Marine. <laughs> they get super mad. And they do the, the forehead touching thing. And then they do the Dalai Lama suck my tongue thing. It's very awkward. Never yep. call a Marine. I used to be a Marine. Tactical dude. Always in the chats, brother. We appreciate you. Michael Hendricks. Brian Travis for the super chat. Tony Grab Grabaski. Uh, <laughs> Hey, there's a couple things we're going to straighten out for you. Uh, I know there's a lot of confusion over Patreon members versus YouTube members. We're in the process of straightening that Once out. Once a YouTube member, always a, YouTube a Patreon member. member. Uh, I would like to mention also that Eddie Gallagher's uh, Pipe Hitter Foundation is uh, supporting the legal funds and legal fees for the Mistretas, uh, or for, for Matthew Mistretta and his girlfriend. So if you find it in your heart to go to uh, pipe hitter and uh, i am sure whether there's a resolution of the case today or not uh, the pipe hitter foundation is the same foundation that uh helped uh, ben, ben darby. darby get home uh so it's a great organization as you know eddie gallagher was himself uh, under some pretty intense scrutiny and mm -hmm. just so you know there's a little little battle uh, i don't want to call it a battle there's a little uh a, a little yeah oh, okay i'll call it a battle of integrity brewing between eddie gallagher and some damn Crenshaw guy. So uh, you might want to check that out as well. That's uh, That could be making news soon. Uh, but listen, uh, if you can, if you got a dime or two in your pocket, and uh, we don't, again, I, I'm not trying to nickel and dime people to get it to death. I know the price of milk right now, which is what, seven, eight $8,000 a gallon. So uh, if you do find it in your soul to give towards uh, Pipe Hitter, uh, you can you can specifically look for the mystery. I, I was part of the pipe hitters a long time ago, and they had the best merch. I used to have a pipe hitters T-shirt. I used to fucking love it. This was like in the early two thousands. Um, uh, somebody had mentioned like Bosco said, "What do we do about the YouTube or do we do the Patreon thing?" Um, just give it some time and let us work that out. I know that right now, everything that's on Patreon is audio. And that's because we just didn't think far enough in advance that the YouTube people would give a fuck about audio because we just assumed that, you know, YouTube is just visual and they would never want to go audio and that our audio people are audio and they would never want to go visual, visual. So we're always trying to separate the two. I believe that we are working out a way that we're going to link it together um, to where we can backdoor you into the website and give you, you know, back access to the behind the scenes footage of those things. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if you're more of an audio guy and you want more of the audio benefits, I would say switch to Patreon right now. But if you're, you know, if you're more of an, a visual guy, just hold tight with the, with the YouTube chats, because we're going to get the audio stuff that's on the Patreon 
Um, to a visual way we're just you know it's we're still in our infancy as far as that goes so just give us a little bit more time also for those that went to the failure to stop.com that website doesn't exist anymore that company went out of business or or folded in some way shape or form and didn't give us any information didn't tell us what's going on we really have been you know my calls aren't answered by that company we had no idea how to even refund that company that money doesn't go to me there's no account that it goes to i don't know where that money is or how it exists um, although that we do have the new website, which is failurestoppodcast.com. And we have now recently in the last two or three days figured out the Shopify information. And so we have started refunding people um, as they go. So do not go to that website and we can't even shut it down. We're still trying to figure out how to shut that site down. But, um, you know, th- we just got fucked by that company. That's, that's the only way I can put it. And um it has nothing to do with us. It never did. So, you know, some people are like, well, I've written their customer service several times. I'm not customer service. We don't have customer service. So I don't know whose customer service it went to or, or how, because we don't have that. So, but um, those are things that we lived and learned through in the last two years. And, and we're fixing that up. Davey says, Tansy, if we need a website help, say the word. Um, but yeah, go to failurestoppodcast.com. The website is looking really beautiful right now. And uh, Dead Like Media has done a, a really great job on uh, pulling that one out of his ass very quickly. Um, uh, but for everybody in the Wolfpack, Hydroman Blue, all you guys, everybody that showed up to the meetup, you guys are incredible. Thank you to Ghostbed. Thank you to Outbound Jerky, Drew Breezy, Davey J, Mer, whatever, 530. Uh, Ted Leg Andrea was here. Just so many people. Um, TJR, incredible. Just everybody. We, we couldn't be more thankful. So, until next time, guns up. Giddy up. <laughs>